day, as most of you or all of you know, uh, we are in our simple church setup, which just means that we are just bringing it down. We're 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 cutting out the 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 bigness of sometimes that we can get caught up into um, on the stage with the lights and with everything else and. So, uh, today we're just going to um, let God just be God, and we're just going to sit in His presence and um, come together in unity and just meet with the one who made us. So, we invite you, um, like we always say, like, don't, don't let your uncomfortableness of being in a different setting um, make you be complacent in finding your time with God today. So whatever that you need to do to find him today, to spend time with him, then do that. If you want to stand up and walk around, if you want to dance, whatever you want to do, get on your face. This is the time that we're setting aside for God. So find God today. Amen. All right, I'm going to go ahead and pray and we will get started. God, we love you so much. We can never say it enough. Everything that we have, everything that we do, everything that we could ever be is for you. We invite you into this time, Lord. We invite your presence here. God, let the presence in our lives, your presence in our lives, let us bring that to this time, God. Let us... Realize that this is not just another Sunday. Let it not just go by as another time of singing a song. But let us take hold of what you're trying to do in this time. Let us take hold of the power that you're trying to release to your people. And just meet with you face to face. God, knowing that you're wanting to change us, that you're wanting us to be more like you so that we can go out into this world and make a difference. For your name. We thank you in advance, God, for what you're going to do today. Lord, open our eyes, open our ears and our hearts. We love you so much. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
that we just need a time of prayer if you're in this room and God is just man just moving on you and there's some burdens on you right now that are so heavy and you can feel it and you might not even know what it is if there's something that you just need prayer for if it's a healing if it's a just a move of God you just feel dead inside or or if there's these things like you just feel like you're, you're just speaking death over yourself depression suicidal thoughts trying to harm ourselves if you're in this place and you're facing an insurmountable just weight that you just can't you don't have an idea how to fix it but you need you need a miracle I, I just want you to raise your hands just keep your hands up and guys look around I want you guys to move at the hands that are up just move keep please keep your hands up Ladies, move to ladies. Guys, move to guys. There's people who need your prayer today. They desperately need your prayer today. With a hand up right here. They desperately need your prayer today. Just, I want you guys to move. I want you guys to move. 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 Don't, don't, don't stand there alone. Move. And just start praying for them. Ask them what they need and start praying for them. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, there are plenty of people, Lord God, who have come into this place with such a weight, Lord God, such a burden, such a heaviness, Lord God. And we might not know that our prayers matter, but I'm telling you, our prayers matter. It says that if there were two or three, and there's more than that gathered in this place, that you are here, that you would answer our prayers, that you would legitimately, Lord God, answer our prayers. And Lord God, there's fear in us, Lord God, there's fear in us, Lord God, and, 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 and the fear is telling us to be quiet. The fear is telling us don't reach out, don't cry out, don't pray out. It's, it's, it's just, and I pray right now, Lord God, we cast off fear, Lord God. We ask for the love of God, and he, because it says the perfect love of God will drive out fear. And I pray, set free, Lord God, sickness. Set free, Lord God, I pray, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, the weight off our shoulders, Lord God. 
those thoughts that just just haunt us, Lord God, of our past, Lord God. I pray for freedom right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, there's there's some of us in this room, Lord God, that needs prayer. We don't know what to do next. We're in a situation where we don't know what to do next, and we're crying out to you, God. We need you to do something, God. We need you to do something, Lord God. There's some of us that are, has an ailment, and we've been sick for so long. We just say, this is my life. This is me. And I pray in the name of Jesus for healing in this room. We believe that a miracle is still here, Lord God. We believe in the power of God, not in the power of magic words or anything like that, but the power of God when your presence is here, God. When your presence is here, you can heal. When your presence is here, you can set free. When your presence is here, you can heal our minds, Lord God. You can heal our identity of how we think about ourselves. We can, you can heal our past and our past pains, Lord God. Lord, come right now, Lord Jesus, and show us, Lord God. Show us your, ma- your, your might, Lord God, your majesty, Lord God. Show us how sovereign you are, Lord God. Show us how powerful you are and set free right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Meet the needs of those who are crying out, who have let, raised their hands and say, God, I don't know what to do. I need you, Lord God. I need you right now, God. You are here. You are here, God. There is freedom, Lord God. There's victory, Lord God, over our darkness. There is a miracle in this house. There's a miracle among us. And we we just celebrate you are doing it right now, God. We might not see it, Lord God. We might not even feel it, Lord God. You're doing it right now, God. And in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, as as a congregation, as a family, we say amen and let it be so. Amen. Let it be so. Give God a hand. We need you, Lord. Man, greet the people around you. Get to know their names. If you don't know their faces, get to know them. You know what? I can just tell you the presence of God is here. That's all I could say. I don't know. I can't really describe it to you. I don't know how to describe it to you. But when the people of God, when we decide that we want more of God, when we decide that, I'm telling you, the presence of God is here. Everything is possible when God's presence is here. Everything is possible. I don't want us to deny the move of God. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. Throughout the week, I want you just to get the name of the person that you prayed for. And throughout the week, all week long, I want you to have them on your mind praying for them because people in this room need they need you they need you we're the we're the family of God we're the body of Christ that just means that Jesus is the head of this body I am not he's the boss he does what he wants and we're gonna go by his word and as you guys pr- prepare to give, and as the guys come forward, we're going to pray for the giving. But there's just a lot of things going on. You can tell that in this room there's a lot of things going on. And let us not, let us not, man, we don't need to fake it to make it. Man, please do not. <laughs> I was like, today's going to be a bad day. Have you ever started a day like that? 
And that's how I started today. Like last night, Candace was in so much pain. So we stayed up very, very late. I just making sure she's okay. And then all night long, I couldn't sleep because it was like a fear in, 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 in my mind. Like, what if something's not okay? What if it does go okay? And all this fear starts to tumble over because my wife, who's way tougher than me, is like crying next to me because she's in so much pain. And I'm like, man, if my wife is crying, I'd be on the, on the floor. Trust me, guys. You know, if your wife's in pain, it's a lot more pain than us because we cry about little stuff. But, and I was just thinking, God, just be here. So I, was, I fell asleep just praying. I fell asleep praying. Then I woke up, and I'll just tell you my real day, not my fake day. Like, then I woke up and said, amen, Lord. So it's going to be awesome. You know, we use awesome for Christianity. We say that word a lot. It's going to be incredible today. And uh, then immediately I stepped on dog crap. And I was like, God! I was like, why? That's why you, that's what you smell if you smell me today. I was like, why is this day like this? And I was like, it was supposed to be good. You know, it's supposed to be easy. Like, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. And then, I, then we get here. And then the doors are locked. And they didn't open it for 45 minutes longer. I'm like, why? <laughs> and it just kept on going. And, and then we got to this place and we were praying in a, in a circle. I was like, God, I pray. I said, my reality does not change the reality of God. What I'm going through does not change who God is. And many times we live there. We live, oh, when I'm doing well, God is awesome. God is cool. He's in my life. I want to serve him. When I'm doing bad, God's the worst. Where are you, God? I need, where are you when I need you? And I, I told him today, my reality is not going to change my praise to you, God. Man, my reality of how I'm feeling today, isn't that funny? Because we, we, we talk about happiness, right? There's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness, you could have the best day, and if someone came up to you and slapped you on the face, your happiness is done, right? Anger appears immediately. And joy is something innately in us that comes from God that says, you know what? I'm still moving on, my friend. I'm still going to praise God. I don't care if you did that. I'm still going to praise God. That's what Philippians 4.13 is all about. I can do all things through Christ to strengthen me. It means, it, it literally means this. Jesus is enough for me. Jesus is enough for me. It's not about what mo the more I can get or I, I want to win and everything. It just means that if I have Jesus, I have already won. And everything else is an add-on. It's a bonus, baby. Jesus is enough for me. And when we do life, I want when you face trials, because you will. And if you're young, you're like, oh, life is good. As you, man, as you just age just a little bit, as things go on, you face things that you've never faced before. And, you, and you're like, what is going on? I'm telling you, it's going to happen. You will suffer. There's going to be hardship. All throughout the Bible, it doesn't say, like, everything's going to be awesome and you're going to be high-fiving angels when you get into heaven. No, you, some of us, we're going to be crawling in, man. We made it. You're going to be, you're gonna be, we made it. Thank God. Thank God. And I'm telling you, when you're going through those moments, remember Philippians 4, where it says, man, I know what it means to have plenty. I know what it means to have none. I know what it means to be hungry. I know what it means to be full. And in all of those things, I can do all things through Christ, which means that God, I know it hurts so bad, but you are enough for me.
you are enough for me. And when you get to that place, you will not be shaken. Man, you will not fall. You will be shaken, but you will not fall. And I pray that we, we as a church, we as a people, we as a family, we need to get to that place where we're not shaken by every wind and everything that comes our way. We say we come back to Jesus and we say thank you. Thank you. And as we give today, that's, that's our word. Know that there's people around you going through sufferings that you can't even imagine. Some of us dealing with cancer. Some of us dealing with death. Some of us dealing with all these things, finances, just fear of the unknown. And some of the, sometimes the fear of the unknown is the worst. Because we, we look at it and we're like, it just seems impossible, John. It just seems impossible. I'm, I'm going to tell you, you make it. You make it. And I'm going to pray for the offering. And as you give, I want you to realize Jesus is enough for you. As you, as you listen to today's message, I want you to understand Jesus is enough for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord God, we go back to your word because your word is authority. Your word is true, Lord God. And when we understand this and when we love your word, Lord God, over how our, we feel, it brings just, just clarity to us, Lord God. We trust you, God. If we need to say it a million times, we say it a million times until we believe it, God. We trust you, God. We don't understand, but we trust you, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus, be with my family today, some of them going through such hardship, God, but we trust you. I pray your overwhelming peace would flow right into them, Lord God, that you would, they would realize that you are with them and your peace is your seal, God. It is the thing that we don't understand that we can just depend upon. We trust you today, Lord God, and I pray that when your spirit is here, a miracle is here, life changes here, God, everything can change. We believe it in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for your giving. Welcome. Good morning, Hill City Church. Woo. Second week as Hill City Church. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting, right? God is doing new things, moving us new ways, but, I, but we want to stick to what we know is true. The oldest way is that Jesus is more than enough for us, that he is our portion. That's what, it, that's what David said in the Psalms. He said, God, you are my portion. That is what I need in my life. I, I thought I needed this. I thought I needed that. But no, what fills me is you, God. It's you. And uh, welcome. Thank you for being here on the 3rd of July, right? And you, some of you guys are so glad that you have tomorrow off. And some of you guys are working tomorrow, and you're like, this is the worst. <laughs> and, uh, and I just want to thank you guys for being here. I, I mean it. And if you're a guest Thank you for coming. I hope you meet some people. You meet some friends. Some of the best people that I know are in this room. I wish you would know them, honestly. I wish you knew them in your lives. Some of us, it's not good to do life alone. I don't care if you're married or you're single. And we say around here, what's worse than being single and alone is being married and alone. Where you stare at each other like, we need some friends. We're getting weird. Right? And we, we've come to that place where we're like, we just need some friends in our life. We're just fighting for no reason right now. And we need someone to tell us this. Shut your mouth. You're being crazy, right? You're being dumb. 
And uh, we, we need that in our life. And so I invite you to this place, if this is your first time, just to grow. Put your roots down. Invest into people. Invest into one another. Listen, these are uh, all uh, in life we need deep connections. We do. You will never outgrow your need for authentic, deep relationships. You will never outgrow that. You think you do. You think you got it. You're like, I got it. I'm telling you, you don't got it. You, if, you, if you're with yourself long enough, you get, you're going to go nuts, all right? And, and, it, and you need to share in this journey. You do. You do. You need to share in this journey. Like, man, I, you, you, need, you need people in your business because it makes it fun. When people are in your life, when you have close friends to share, like, let me tell you, I don't know if you're into it, but, like, I got to backpack with uh, my kids this, on, on Sunday to Monday. And like, so on Sunday, so Sunday we launched Hill City Church, and that night I took off backpacking with the kids. It was a crazy decision. Candace is like, I can't believe you're leaving today. You're leaving me. And then I told her two days before. Oh, I didn't tell you. Someone else told you. Mistake number one. That is a bad idea in marriage, that lack of communication. See, I'm just, I'm just here to teach you what not to do. I, I am. So that was a mistake. And she's like, You're, where are you going? I said, oh, yeah, I told you, right? She's like, no. Who, was it you who told her, Mark? I think it wasn't you. It was somebody. I was just trying to narc you out, Mark. It was somebody. I was like, what is going on? But, you know, I, we went backpacking, and I got to share this experience. I love backpacking, but it brings kids to tears. <laughs> Because they don't know that when you're holding a backpack going uphill, that there was suffering involved. So for about an hour, they are like, uh, they, they don't understand that they're suffering, right? So they think something's wrong. They're like, my shoulder hurts. And I'm like, I know. My shoulder hurts too because I'm carrying 60 pounds. It's like, no, dad, something's wrong with my shoulder. He's, my son, Micah, he's telling me how much his shoulder hurts like constantly. And I I'm, I'm just keep on assuring him, I know. That's how it's supposed to feel, right? And he's like, oh. And, and, and then Sienna, she's like her mom. Not even, not one complaint. I'm like, you doing all right? She's like, huh? Right? She won't tell you that she's, uh, she's hurting. She'll just do it. And she, she, didn't, she didn't complain the whole time up and the whole time down. She was a beast. And the boys did awesome. They did good. But a little more complaining from the boys than the girl. That's just how it is. We don't like, the, we don't like pain, all right? But it was crazy because on the way down, they carried their bag the whole time, not one complaint. And I got to see them grow right in front of my eyes. They understood what it took. See, when you go through something of suffering, when you go through something of hardship, and on the way back down the mountain, you understand what it takes. I'm telling you. And you can encourage someone. This is how it's going to, I know, they're going to say, my shoulder hurts. And, you're, and you tell them, I know. I know, that's how it's supposed to feel. And then you say, no, you don't understand. It, it really, really hurts. And then you say, I know. And, and that's the part of backpacking. So now my kids, they, 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 someone tell it, oh, you guys went camping. They go, no, we went backpacking. I was like, that's what backpackers say. Right? And I love it. I love it. But I saw them grow in that moment. But as you get to share experiences like that with friends and family, man, it's wonderful because I, I told them, you'll never forget this because of the pain. <laughs> because you know what it takes now. You'll never forget this because once you took that backpack off, you know what it feels like when you take that backpack off? After your journey, you're like, 
and we did 12 miles, folks. I thought we didn't think we would do that much with the kids, but we did. Shame on, shame on us. That's what happens when you send guys. Right? That's, yeah, Marcy's like, yep. <laughs> yeah, but I, it was an awesome experience. But I'm telling you, it's fun to do a journey together. If I was doing this journey alone, if I was hurting, I'd be like, oh, it really, no one's there to tell, so I'll keep going. You know, it's not as fun to do it on your own. You, some of you guys went on the camping journey with 40 kids, right? And you guys were nuts. And I bet it was a blast because you guys were doing it together. I bet the people around you didn't think it was as fun, right? Because they were doing it alone, but you guys did it together. But I'm telling you, you need to journey together. It makes it fun. We need each other. And one of the core value number one last week as Hill City Church Core value number one is, it was this, that we must encounter Jesus. We believe that we need the presence of God every day, not just on Sunday. We need it every day of our life. We do. And when God's presence is there, there's a peace. And, and, and God has placed the desire in each person, each man, each woman that is searching for more than this life. You can have everything that you want and you'll get it and you'll still say, there has to be more. Some of you singles, you're like, man, if I could just get a wife, it'd be good. If I can just get a boyfriend, it'll be awesome. I'm telling you, that's not true. That comes with trouble of its own, right? Man, there's good, there's bad, there's some ugly too. But I'm telling you, there's troubles in everything that we go through. I'm telling you, but there's some, you'll, even then you'll say, there has to be more. You always step into a place, there has to be more because relationship alone like marriage alone will not sustain you for the long haul you need an encounter where heaven comes down you need moments where people pray over you and you just feel the peace of God even for a moment for a moment you need the supernatural and when we experience the tangible incredible peace filled worry destroying joy filling sin cleansing spirit of God like Moses said show me your glory he cried out because he needed more than just what he saw. He needed God's glory to go with him. He saw God move on his behalf, and he said, I must have more. And sometimes we see God move here and there, and we feel good. We're like, oh, that feels good. And we're weird. We're, you know what? You don't, you, you're not, I don't know how to say this right philosophically, but you're not, it's not the word selfish, but you're not selfish enough. Hey, I'll, let me finish my thought enough that you would push beyond the satisfaction we have here to seek after more do you know what i'm saying am i confusing you there's a there's a part of us there's we're so satisfied with just the menial just the simple stuff you're not hungry enough because if you were you would say man i need more than this and god's like man be hungry be hungrier. Know that you desire more. I have put that thing in you. It's not really the word selfishness. I can't really get the word down, but there has to be something in you saying, this is not enough for me. And I want that in you. I don't want you to back off from that. That's what God wants in you. And that's what Moses cried. He saw God move in Egypt with the plagues. God take out a nation of Egypt, the most mighty nation of that time. And here's Moses in the wilderness talking to God. And he's saying, show me your glory. It's not enough for me. And in your worship, I don't want you to back down and say, this is good enough worship. I want you to say, show me your glory, God. Show me your glory. We desire you here. 
Today we're on core value number two, and it's we are family. Say we are family. This is one thing I really want us to get down because in the Bible it says that we are a family of God. It doesn't say that we are alone. It's just your relationship alone. Faith is a team sport. It doesn't work alone. I'm telling you. you, you 80% of American Christians believe that they can do faith alone. And the Bible says, nuh-uh. That's not how it works. Everything I have taught you in the Bible from the New Testament says that you are supposed to do it within, in the context of family. And I'm, I'm telling you, that's what it's saying. There is an innate desire in each person to be known and to know. I call it storytelling, where I open up my life hoping that you would open up your life too. The desire to know and to be known by others in a deep way. Past acquaintances, we need relational intimacy, deep connection. That's how God made us. Yet, community, that relationship is the first thing to go when people get busy. It's the first thing to go. And it's the thing that we need, but it's the first thing to go. Yeah, one of our greatest needs. And today, we have Julie, who leads our groups. She's going to speak to us. And I want you to give her a hand, and she's going to speak to us about family. Thank you for that. Um, gosh, I'm so thankful that the Spirit of God is actually here today. Um, sometimes people say, like, oh, yeah, you should speak. And I think, oh, my gosh, if the Spirit isn't there, I'm not getting up there because I don't have anything for you. I mean, yesterday my, my whole family saw me freak out for hours in a closet about this moment right here because I was like, God, if you don't show up, I have nothing for these wonderful people who carved out their Sunday to be here. But I believe that the Spirit did show up today. And so um, I don't know if the word he gave me is just for a few of you or hopefully a lot of you, but I believe that if you're here today, you needed to hear something. You may have not needed to hear all of this, but I hope that there is something that you need. Um, whether this is your very first time here, whether you have come just a few times, or whether you have literally been here for four years and you are still on the fence of being family here. And I, I hope that as the Spirit of God is here, that he can help you move past whatever hurdle is keeping you from diving head in. And I can't do that. Um, my words, you know, I, I wrote actually nine pages yesterday, only to realize that none of those words are very good. Um, those words are not going to make you go home and say, yes, I am joining a life group, or yes, I'm going to lead a life group. My words are just my words. But if the Spirit of God is here, and if he is moving, then he is going to hit something in you today. And I just want to encourage you before we even move forward that this is the day you act. Because this is, this is um, Fourth of July weekend. Our attendance, you know, is not as high as sometimes. So then I know that there is a real reason why you're here. There is a reason why you're not at a barbecue right now or you're not out of town or whatever got you here today is not a mistake. You are truly here for a reason. And so I'm just going to pray um, real quick. God, thank you for being here. Lord, without you here, there is no point to any of this, God. And I just thank you 
for your Holy Spirit that you're just choosing to spend this morning with us. And I pray that you will take over this mic right now, Lord. Whatever you have to say is what is said. And I just pray you would um, just speak to all of our hearts, God. I think every person here can get something from your word, Lord. You say your word does not return void. And so as we dig into your word today, Lord, just be alive and active and just show us um, what you want us to do, God. In your name, amen. So I was reading over the mission statement of our church, um, and it's pretty big. I don't know if you guys spend any time reading it, but I would suggest you do because it is what is going to be driving Hill City into the future. Um, and one of the key parts of our mission statement is that we exist to help others far from God find family. And that is a big deal um, because that means that all of us in this room have to become the kind of family that people far from God want to join. Um, they're not going to want to join a dysfunctional family. And not to say that we're going to be perfect, because we are definitely not perfect. But we want to try to go deeper and dig harder into what it means to look like the kind of family that God wants us to be. Um, and luckily, you know, he doesn't just like tell us to do something and then just leave us on our own devices to figure it out. Um, praise God for that, because I could get up here and I could tell you what Julie Mitchell thinks a healthy Christian family, um, church family would look like, but that might not be what the word of God says. So we're going to actually um, look in the word today, and we're going to be looking in Acts 2, um, 42 through 43. So if you can open your Bible, or um, if you have your phone, or whatever it is, and you know, if you didn't bring anything today, I, I hope that when you go home that you read this passage of Scripture um, because this is driving Hill City. Like, you're here today, and this is actually going to be driving the church that you attend. So it's important that we kind of know where we're going. Um, before I read it, I kind of want to just give you a quick, like, church history in one minute or less. Um, this church, you know, they're, they're a unique bunch of people because um, this this church emerged pretty much 49 to 50 days after um, Jesus had died on the cross. He rose again. Then he spent 40 days on the, um, on the ground talking to people, um, equipping the disciples. Then he ascends into heaven, and the um, apostles were waiting in the upper room. Jesus promised them that the Spirit of God was going to come to them if they waited. So they waited about nine days. And then on the 10th day, like, the Holy Spirit just flooded the place. And Peter, completely filled with the Holy Spirit, gets up and just starts speaking. And I'm sure the words that Peter said were not from him. Like, it was the Holy Spirit speaking through him. And in one day, 3,000 people believe in Christ. And this is kind of a big deal because these same 3,000 people just crucified Christ, like, 49 days earlier. So this is not like some guy that they heard of growing up as a child. Like this is literally a news story, like someone that they know. Maybe they went to school or, you know, everyone knew each other in a Jewish community like that. And so they had heard of Jesus and they just crucified him. And then Peter speaks and says, like, you crucified the wrong, like you crucified the son of God. And he, he died so that you could be saved. And people were so stoked about that. 
So um, we're going to pick up in Acts 2, 42 through 43, and we're going to see what happened after this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many signs, wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking breads in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. And I just, I love this picture of the early church because these weren't people that had gone to Sunday school together their whole lives. These were people who were literally united after one day, after one amazing moment in their lives where they realized that they needed to be saved and they gave their hearts to Christ. And that one love, like Jesus was their very first love in that moment. They hadn't had time to grow cold in their faith. You know, it wasn't like, oh, well, maybe we'll just kind of put off church for a couple months until it's a little bit more convenient, or we'll wait till, like, things free up to get together. Um, these people were completely filled with the Holy Spirit, and Jesus was their first love. And what did they do immediately? They got together. So I think we can really learn something, before I even get into all of this, we can learn something from that moment. If you are feeling like you don't want to be around Christians. You really need to look in your heart and say to yourself, is Jesus my first love right now? Because when Jesus is your first love, the natural response is to want to be in community with other people that are like-minded and, and are also seeking Jesus. So as we go forward, we have to realize like these people, you know, they were not perfect at all. They were just baby Christians. Um, but yet they wanted to be together. They wanted to learn from the apostles. They wanted to break bread, which basically means eat. Like, who doesn't like to eat together? I mean, these people were having potlucks every day. And they, they were, like, never tired of each other. And, um, you know, I think we have a lot to learn from these new believers. Because as we start at Hill City, you know, first, Jesus has to be our first love. And that's something that is just between you and God. You, you, if you haven't establish that, then none of this is going to really work very well for your life. Um, second, the Holy Spirit needs to be here. And I think, you know, Jen does such an amazing job in just welcoming the Holy Spirit. And then when we all just worship, you know, he is here. And so we have like the, the backbone to this beautiful picture of a church. Um, now, kind of like what John always says, Pray like it depends on God. Work like it depends on you. Now we have the backbone. We've got Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit, which is all we really need. But then we have to take action. And taking action is not always, that, that's the big hurdle. That's the part we don't always like to do. Um, and so I'm going to talk about three aspects of family life. Um, and I hope that maybe one of the, these just hits you a little bit. The first is kind of what John was saying. The family is supposed to be fun. If we want to be the kind of family that people from outside of these walls want to be a part of, then we can't just have superficial relationships in this room. We can't just be like, um, yeah, you know, I don't really talk to anybody. I just go in, grab my bagel, and go. You know, we, can't, we have to have real deep 
friendships in order to be attractive to people who are looking for friendships. If we don't have that here, then amongst our family, the, this group of people, then they're not going to find that here either. Um, the other thing is that um, we need to have fun together. You know, if all we do is the Sunday morning experience and we don't meet again until next Sunday, then we don't really have much to offer um, the outside world. They are looking for people to have fun with. They are looking for people, for their children to have fun with. Even if they can't think of it for themselves, they will want it for their kids. And this Acts 2 church, you know, they were on fire for God. They were meeting every day. It was not an obligation. It was not something that they had to put on their to-do list. It said they wanted to do it. They were having fun together. Um, it said that they had glad and thankful hearts. You're not having a glad heart if you're someplace you don't actually want to be. So um, I just really want to encourage you guys, like, join us. Have fun with us. And like, like John was saying, you know, Mark and I, we used to believe this lie. And I'm going to read this lie to you because we kind of do this. We rewrite the book of Acts in our minds, whether we think we're doing it or not. And Mark and I did this for many, many years. It says, and they devoted themselves to an hour and a half a week in a school cafetorium, where they arrived fashionably late, ate a bagel quickly, before settling down to listen to a speaker for no more than 25 minutes. Then they headed for the door as quickly as possible, making sure to avoid eye contact and conversation with strangers. And when they got home, they just prepared to resume their busy lives that were packed full with kids' sports and activities, and to make sure they worked enough hours as possible all to pursue the American dream. I think we sometimes rewrite that to fit our needs. And I, I say that, and I'm not just like trying to make you feel bad, because Mark and I lived this life for many years. I am speaking to myself. We believe that lie. That is a lie from Satan, and we believe it because, honestly, most people encourage it. They're like, oh, how many sports do your kids play? Oh, you know, you work 80 hours, good job. Like, I love your brand new house, or whatever it is. Like, we almost encourage this craziness. And um, that's a lie. And we actually have to fight that lie because if we give into that, then we are going to miss out on the life that God has for us. Um, you know, when Mark and I were first married, we worked all the time. I think I've mentioned this before. You know, he was in full-time school and worked full-time. I worked two jobs. And we had no fun in our life at all. It was pathetic. Like our idea of a fun Friday night was like crashing on the couch to watch a stupid TV show and then we would like wake up and do the whole thing the next day. And um, it, it took a lot to break us out of that mold. You know, we were real lucky. God gave us an intervention in the form of this like little peppy couple that were like in their young 20s and they had just gotten married and all they wanted to do was have fun. So they were calling us all the time. And we were like, who are these people? We don't even really know them. But we started saying yes, like even though we didn't want to. And we even had a brand new baby, so we had every reason why we should say no. But we would say yes. And slowly, we started having fun. And we realized, like, oh, this whole, like, fun thing is pretty good. And so I just, like, encourage you, um, if you don't have enough fun in your life with the people in this room, um, I give you permission to go for that. That is a good thing. I really want you to not just see, oh, look, those people are going on another hike. Like, wish, wish I was there. Invite yourself on the hike. Like, say, yes, I want to go. You know, like, 
we can't always remember every person who wants to do these things with us. You call us. If you call us and say, hey, you want to go to a park? We'll go. Like, we just need to be intentional with this. And um, we really think that, that fun is important. And that actually brings me to my next point, which is awesome. Because, as we all know, church family um, is not always fun. And, uh, <laughs> and we, want, we just don't want to keep this a secret. You know, if you came here thinking like, man, this church has fun together. This might be the perfect church. Whew, we are going to fail you so bad. Like, it's not even a question. Like, it's not if they fail me. It's like, how are you going to react when they fail me? Because it is going to happen. Um, we are really imperfect people around here. And um, what we need to have is grace on each other. Um, the same kind of grace that you might have on your biological family. I mean, raise your hand if you have, like, at least one crazy person in your family. Like, like, and, it can, and don't look at the person. If they're sitting next to you, <laughs> don't look at that person. No, like, we're thinking, like, aunts, uncles, you know. Well, we all have, like, I think most of us have at least, like, one crazy person. And I, I, uh, I certainly hope that um, my extended family in Kansas doesn't watch this today. But I have this aunt. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's hilarious. Um, my aunt Charlene. You know, she, and Mark's already laughing. He, I just have to say the word Aunt Charlene, and he laughs. My Aunt Charlene used to be a carny. And um, if you don't know what a carny is, a carny is like the people that travel with carnivals, kind of like circus people, but they travel with the carnival, and they run the rides, and they um, do the tickets and all this stuff. So, like, the carny is, they're like their own subculture in America. Like, it's a different breed. And if you are a carny, I apologize ahead of time. I'm not talking about you. You are probably the one really awesome, normal carny. But I'm talking about my aunt. So when I was little, she would do this. Um, she had this awesome plan one night. She took us to the carnival. And uh, whew, it's even hard for me to talk about this. So she takes us to the carnival and she says, guys, I got this great idea. I know all the people working in the kitty area with the rides. I'll, I'll let you cut to the front of all the lines. And I was like, all right. You know, having an aunt that's a carny is, like, pretty cool. So we get to the front of the lines, and sure enough, we cut. And I'm about, like, five or six, and she locks me into this Ferris wheel by myself. And uh, so I start going, and I'm, like, thinking, okay, like, a normal Ferris wheel ride is, like, one or two times around. Well, she thinks it's funny to joke with her friend and say, like, don't let them out of the Ferris wheel. Like, lock them in indefinitely. And so I'm like five. And so after like the 30th time, I am bawling and screaming, like, let me out of the Ferris wheel. And they're laughing hysterically. I don't even know how I ever escaped that Ferris wheel. But at some point, she had mercy on me. Um, and I was actually the lucky one. If you think that's a horrible thing to do, like my aunt actually locked my dad and sister in one that like flips upside down and wouldn't let them get out until they were puking. And so... I know, and she, but she's actually like a really nice person. She just has like a different sense of humor and thinks that that is like funny, you know? And so my crazy Aunt Charlene, like I had to have grace with her. Now granted, like 
I will never go to another carnival with her like ever again because I have a ton of like issues now with rides. But um, the point is that we all have these crazy members of our biological family and we just kind of like laugh and roll our eyes. And we need to kind of have the attitude here that, you know what, it's okay. Like we can have grace on the people in this room too. Because I guarantee you, if you join a life group, your life group leader will absolutely fail you. They will. They're going to forget to call you. They're going to miss your birthday. They're going to do something, and you're going to be like, that person, I can't believe them. Like, I'm so frustrated. Or you're going to be the person who fails your life group because you're going to go, and you're going to, like, either talk all about yourself the whole time, or you're going to just stay there and not going to say a word. And so the introverts are going to be annoyed and the extroverts are going to be annoyed. And like, you just can't win. But the point is that we're just fallible people. And that is okay. You know, this Acts 2 church, I am pretty sure that they were messy. You know, they hadn't been Christians very long. I'm sure some of them were probably even like, those crazy neighbors that you don't like or whatever. And then suddenly they're in Christian community together. And, um, but the difference, the reason why they were like, I think able to overcome all of the craziness and all of the things that um, the imperfections that they all had was that they were really fixed on a common goal. And that was Jesus. And when we really focus on the things that we have in common, which is we are saved, we have, um, a relationship with Jesus, then really we can kind of be more grace-filled with everything else. Because in light of God's grace, like, we are all crazy. I mean, compared to God, like, how can we not extend grace on our friends around us? And I think, like, as John said, I'm so glad that we did what we did at the beginning of service, which is praying for people. Because I think that sometimes people come in here and I, I told John, I had this mental picture of just people literally carrying weights on their back. And they come in here kind of hobbling. And sometimes they can't even look me in the eye. They are so weighted down. And I feel like they come in here and they hope that maybe John and Candace will take the weight off their shoulders. Like maybe if they're just really nice to me. Or maybe my life group leader will lift that weight off. And so I want to give them the weight. Or, you know, maybe it's Jen. Maybe Jen needs to lift the weight off my shoulders. And um, we can just do a lot of damage when we, when we live like that. And as Christians, it's a choice to live like that. Because we know that God has the power to lift all of that weight off of our shoulders. And when we are free, then we can be like the Acts 2 church. We can love each other without expectations. It's I love you, not what can you do for me. It's a pure love. And that's really um, what we want as our church. We want to be a family that loves each other unconditionally. You know, even if you act crazy, even if you come to this place angry one day, let's just have grace. And if you've been hurt, and this is a little hard for me to talk to because I actually know I have personally hurt some people in this room. Like I have said some things that were hurtful. I have failed a few people in this room big time. Um, and I'm just going to kind of ask on behalf of everybody, like, what if we just give each other that, that second chance? What if I, you say to yourself, you know, that life group leader failed me, but I'm going to try again. I'll try. Like, just one time. Um, I, I think the more we show grace, the more we're going to look like the Acts 2 church. And the last point I had is just that, that family is forever. Um, I think sometimes we look at this life as being extremely 
important in the here and now. Like what we are doing is so important. And I am super guilty of this. Mark and I are like trying to redo some house projects and we're like thinking about moving, all this different stuff. And we think like the here and now is so important. Like as if like the world revolves the Mitchell's house or whatever. But we are failing to see that like in the view of eternity, our life, like this time here, is just like a little comma. You know, there were millions of Christians that were lived on this earth before us. And unless Jesus comes back, like there's going to be thousands or millions more, depending on when that happens. We're just this like little part. But my question to you is, what if? Like, what if God could use us in this moment to be a church like the Acts 2 church, where people from far from God saw what they were doing and said, I want to be a part of that. There is something different about those people in the cafetorium and Thornton because the Holy Spirit of God is there. And that's, that changes souls. It's not just like, I'm not just saying, guys, like, let's just be a loving family so that your needs are met. We want everyone to be a loving family so that, A, your needs are met. We hope that. But more importantly, for the people who have never set foot in this building, we want them to come in and be like, wow, like these people actually love each other. These people actually do life together. This is not a fluke. Their Holy Spirit is here, and I want to be a part of that because I think we all have that need in our lives to be filled. And so it's actually, it's kind of stuff that John says a lot. You know, it's not about us in the grand scheme of things. You know, if you've accepted Christ, like your eternity is secure. The problem is all the people out there who have not, and their eternities are not secure. And so if you can't do it for yourself, if you can't become a part of this family for yourself, maybe we think about those other people because they are extremely important to God's eyes. So, um, you know, I'm just going to close up a little bit here. And I, I just want to challenge us. Um, you know, in a couple weeks, we are going to be relaunching life groups. Um, there's nothing magical about the life group. Uh, if you think, if I just get to a life group, you know, life will then be perfect. It's not. You're just going to be going to someone's house that's probably just as crazy as you are. Um, that's really all it is. But we really want to encourage every person to join a life group. And I'm not talking about just the young people or the people with children or the people who are new here. I'm actually talking to every single person here, no matter what age you are, no matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter what even your leadership role is here. Because to be perfectly honest, a lot of leaders here don't go to life groups. And I'm not trying to call them out. I'm just trying to say we all need to be involved in a life group because we need that accountability. We need people in our lives. I think about what happened in the beginning of service. There were a lot of hands raised. There were a lot of tears, which shows me that there's a lot of people in here who need all of you. You know, if that was not a need, when John says, if you have a burden, there would be no hands raised because we would all just be happy, right? Like if that was seriously not a need. But clearly, when those hands raised and those tears started pouring, that shows that we all need it. Because guess what? 
maybe you didn't raise your hand today, but next week it might be your day where you come in with the burden that is way too hard for you to bear because nobody is exempt here from burdens. I look around, man, some of the things that people in this group have gone through, I cannot fathom. The loss of a child, I can't even fathom that. The loss of pregnancies, like the loss of a dream job, whatever it was, there are some major hurts here and they need you. And you are going to need them. Because honestly, man, there have been seasons where my life was looking pretty good. I'll admit, I was like, man, I think Mark and I, you know, we're doing great. Like, we finally arrived. And then out of blue, the blue, something horrible happens. And you're just like, whew. And it's a good thing that I look around and see people I can call. It really is. You know, I'm no better than you. I joined four life groups last year, not because I just wanted to fill my calendar up, but because I needed to be as, with as many people as possible. And I'm so glad I did, because I look around, and I'm like, oh, I was at your house, and I met you guys. And like, I look at the relationships that I have, and I'm so thankful because I know that when the stuff hits the fan, I've got a whole bunch of people to call, and it's going to happen. So I, just, I don't just want to take that for myself. I really want to give it to all of you guys. Um, so that's just my prayer for that. Thank you, guys. Let's stand. Let's stand, guys. We're going to just pray. We're going to pray and we're going to close it out. And we're going to let the Holy Spirit speak to you just for a moment. As these guys play a little bit, I just want to let God speak to you. There's barriers to community. It's number one, our own fears, what people would think about us. Number two, it's our time. But what if you broke through both of those things? What would your life look like? Sometimes we have to imagine past the moment so that we can see what God has for us. Heavenly Father, I just ask be with each and every one of us as we close out today. As Julie has spoken a mighty word, Lord God, a good word from Acts 2. And it just says, Lord God, that they met together, they had fun together, they were crazy, but they accepted one another, and then they pushed forward, God. And you added to their number daily, and it's not the growth of the church that was the importance, it was that lives were getting changed. I pray we be part of the witness, Lord God, that is community, that is family. I pray for each person that is struggling, Lord God, to put themselves out there, Lord God, that's struggling, Lord God, to say, I need that, because we, we make an excuse for every bit of that by busying ourselves, by trying to ignore it, God. But at the end, Lord God, we do, we need people in our lives, God, and we know it. Social media is not enough. Facebook's not enough. You can Snapchat all you want. It's not enough, God. We need someone to, we need to be known. And I pray for my church, for my family right now, in the name of Jesus, that you would speak to their hearts, God. Speak to their hearts. Connect them deeply with one another today. And I pray that today they would go back there, get into a group, they would speak to any of our leaders. How do I do it? And our leaders would start inviting them. 
I pray it's not only on leadership, it's on all of us. We take ownership of our life, God, as we chase you. Thank you for this week. I pray we enjoy this fourth week, God, this weekend. And I pray we come back next week just, Lord God, filled, Lord God, with you. Filled with you. We invite people into this room, people in our minds that need to know you, God, need community, need to experience you. I pray, let that be Hill City Church. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you as you go. Get to know one another. Continue to pray for the person you prayed for today. And thank you for being here. God bless you.